This is probably one of the most known names out of all the names. I know we know God, but I mean, if you were to ask somebody, tell me about Psalm 23, you'd, nobody would stand back and say, I don't know what that is. You know, nobody would come back and say, I don't know that name. Uh, but it has a lot of significance. Does anybody want to take a stab at what Jehovah, what's the name of shepherd in that passage? Roi, that's it. Jehovah Roi, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, so I didn't put this correct in the title, and you guys forgive me, and I'll fix this. I already fixed it in my notes on my, la- on my computer. But in Psalm 23.1, the Psalm of David, uh, what does the name Lord mean in that passage? The Lord is my shepherd. What, does, did anybody notice that in the actual thing? What, what is the, what is the, uh, the letters? Of, they're all capitalized. So what does that tell us about Lord in that passage? It's Almighty God. It's the personal side of God, the, uh, the God that we find when God created the Lord, God created man in the garden. Anytime you find that, it's talking about the personal connection that God has to man. So if it was lowercase, it would be Adonai. And Adonai is talking about master. And master almost does the opposite in the uh, description where it's like a distance, like you bow down and submit to him as authority. And not saying that we don't do that with all the names of God, but I want you to see this is personal with God. Uh, when God rescued the children of Israel, he rescued them as Lord, capital L-O-R-D, uh, significant, uh, signifying the personal connection. But David is the one that wrote this psalm, and this was special to David because David was a shepherd, and he knew what it meant to be a shepherd in great detail because of the fact is that was his livelihood. Uh, when he was a kid and they went to anoint him with oil, he was out tending sheep. He was, he was a shepherd. He was that by trade. He knew that. He, he knew what he was describing, and that's why when he gave this name to God, but God also gives himself the name to himself. So it's not just a matter of man calling God this, but it goes in both ways. But a shepherd is a feeder, a keeper, a companion, a friend, a protector, or a pastor. Uh, he, so when we talk about God being our shepherd, it's this all-encompassing term that goes so far. It means that he takes care of our daily needs. It means that he watches over us. You think about a shepherd, and we're, we're going to describe this because that's the only way. Psalm 23 is so cool because uh, a lot of the names of God, we go through the passage and we kind of dissect it. Well, guess what Psalms 23 does? It goes through and describes it for us. It literally says, the Lord is my shepherd, let me tell you about that. And it kind of describes it and breaks it down as it goes through that. But he watches over me. He walks with me. He protects me. We have different illustrations of that in Scripture of what he does. He talks with me. Uh, This name of God is all-encompassing because it means that it deals with the everyday life of God. It's not just a matter of dealing with, like, God is a warrior, you know, that we talked about, the, the Lord of hosts. So if I get into a tough situation, I go up against a champion, I'm going to call on the Lord of hosts. Or if I have need, I'm going to cry unto God as Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. But this is a matter of the Lord is my shepherd. There's not a time in our life that we don't claim this name because of the fact is that it all-encompassing. It means that God is very close to us. It, God is relational to us. But it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's connected to the personal name of God. So he was literally saying that God is near to me. God cares about me. You know, and and I started like 
putting in here, and I got way into this, this notes, just breaking this down, and I got, I got so deep into this that I was like, uh, we're going to go into two, three weeks on this. So I tried to scale it back because I wanted to take one class for one thing. But you think about the New Testament when Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. He says that the shepherd gives his life for the sheep. You think about that personal connection, and, and he lays his, uh, his life down, and he is, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me, and how the shepherd never leaves them. And so you've got all these references and connection to this as we go through this. But um, this, is, this is repeated a lot of scriptures, but I, I, want, I want to kind of give the reference of why this is so important, if why, why he's our shepherd, because if he's our shepherd, what does that make us? Sheep. Now, is that a compliment? <laughs> Who can tell me? Is that a compliment? Unfortunately, no. You know, because it's it, it's not a compliment whatsoever. So, uh, I, I've I've got a story to tell about our Thailand trip. Of um, we went to Thailand a few years ago. How long ago was that, Don? A long time ago now. So we went on. A, I think they're the only ones in here from that trip. So I was the leader, okay, and as the leader you got to know what you're doing. And uh, I knew what I was doing because I've done so many mission trips. I've taken trip people all over the world. I knew what I was doing. So we get to the airport in Tokyo and I bring us to the gate. And this is what I did. I walked up to the gate. I was like, yep, we're there. All right, guys, here's where it is. Plane leaves that. Okay. And then I'm telling everybody what's going on. Well, my ticket was different, but they change gates all the time. You guys know how that is. They'll shift gates around and stuff like that. But nothing in me was saying, you need to double check this, okay? So I'm standing here and I tell everybody, I said, somebody's going to stay here and watch our stuff. There was a whole, the whole outside of this area was all shops. We're in Tokyo. Let's go exploring. Let's have fun. So we go and, and then I'm in one of the stores. And if you guys ever been in a spot where you just get this gut-wrenching feeling like something's wrong, but nothing tells you anything's wrong. You just have this gut-wrenching feeling like something's wrong. Well, here I am standing in the store and I thought, wait, wait, wait a minute. Why, why is my phone not updating telling me you know, where to go? So I go back to the gate and I go up to the counter and I said, is this our connecting flight for this flight to Bangkok? And they said, oh, no, sir, you're, that's, not, that's not where you want to be. You want to be at the other end of the airport. And they said, why are you here? That flight's about to take off. And I just, in sheer fear and panic, just freaked out. I'm thinking, I just made one of the biggest mistakes of this. Because, I mean, guys, you missed a connecting flight from Tokyo, Japan to Bangkok, Thailand. That's a big deal, okay? That's a really big deal, especially when you have a group. I don't remember who was in our group, but we had a big group. And so we, I, I walk out of there, and over the PA, and Don and Judy could tell you, over the PA, they begin to say, we are looking for, and they were like started announcing our names, and a representative, when they found out, ran down there, and she said, sir, you've got to go. And I said, I've got to find my group. She says, either you go or everybody gets uh, left behind. And I started running, and they started running, and I started running like a madman, running through all the stores, yelling, like, we've got to go, we've got to go. I, I was, I was, man, I was panicking like crazy. They had to bring us, we ran all the way through. And every time I would slow down, the, guy, the lady would turn to me and say, sir, you must run. Do you hear me? You must run. And I mean, she was not joking. They had to put us on a, like a bus and bring us out to the airport. And they put us on the plane and everybody on the flight was waiting on us because we were a group. They didn't want to leave us and all this stuff. 
And, and it reminded me in the passage, all we like sheep have gone astray. We're just dumb. It's like, just like, oh, I think this is it. You know, just like, everybody, we're okay. And here I'm listening to my own wisdom and not paying attention because I'll tell you this, I've done a number of mission trips since then. I will check, double check, triple check, and then I'll have three people in the group check and double check and triple check because I've, I've made that mistake. But it was a terrible feeling. But it's a matter of what happened is we just get comfortable. We get comfortable in life and we almost have this mindset that I have this figured out. And so if I have this figured out, I'm just going to go with it. And what this whole passage is, is understanding that we don't have it figured out. We don't have it figured out. When I, when I say we don't have it figured out, there's not one aspect of our life that we could say, I've got this, because the shepherd was completely in charge of the sheep and the sheep were completely dependent upon the shepherd. And if we don't get that, then we don't get this passage. We don't get this name of God. It's not a matter of we need them God at certain times or whatever. Uh, but a lot of times we have the mindset that I've been doing the Christian life so long that I know right from wrong, or I've got this, or I can handle this. And, and it doesn't, it, it's not like that at all. Uh, the, the reference to sheep and lambs and shepherds is used over a thousand times in scri Scripture. And, and the Bible is used this to compare us to the sheep. It's using us to describe us in this way. And it, it, is, it makes so uh, much sense to us, because I think sometimes we use God when it comes to, to God, we use God as like backup. Like, I'm going to go through life and I've got this until I don't have this. And then we call in reinforcements. We call in reinforcements. You guys know what I'm saying? And just like, God, I don't have this. I need you to come to my rescue. I need you to help me out. I need you to fix this. So we're going to just take this Jehovah Roi and we're going to break down this name and just walk through uh, the, the, the very description that this, and this is one of the easiest ones because of the fact that it's not just one name in the description, it's the whole passage that is the description of this. So uh, Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I want to be surprised. How many of you guys, not that we have to do this right now, how many of you guys could quote Psalm 23? Raise your hand. Okay. A lot of people could. So this is very familiar. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley to the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let me break this down in relationship to Jehovah Roi, which is the Lord is my shepherd, and show you this. Number one, he leads us through life. And I know you're going to, the, the most basic thing is like, I know that. But let me explain, if we're on a journey through life and we're uh, going to experience these everyday challenges, the, the shepherd would lead the sheep through the mountaintops, the valleys, uh, through times of rest, through times of busyness, uh, in, in explaining that we are sheep. Now, I, I was joking a minute ago when we were saying that God calling us sheep is not a compliment, okay? And I mean that, calling us. But why did God call us uh, sheep? Because we're not, we're not survivalists, okay? Sheep, we're not survivalists. The, have you ever seen sheep get into a fight with a wild animal? No, that's because it doesn't happen. 
Sheep, sheep, sheep do, they're not survivalists. They're not fighters. Uh, they, they are not hunters. You know, the reason why he had to lead them the green pastures is because they're not hunters. You know, uh, sheep are not coordinated. They are highly, uh, they are not highly intelligent animals by, by any means. They have to be led. They literally, let me just put it like this, and guys, don't take offense to it, but just accept the, the description. They're dumb. They're just dumb animals. Uh, and I know that hurts, doesn't it? It's like, man, it's like, but I, I'm just telling you, if you were to study sheep, there are a lot of stories in this, and maybe you guys have heard some of these stories, where they've been on the edges of cliffs, and, and they're, they're known for following. That's what sheep do. They, they follow. That's why Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me. They're known as followers. But there are stories that they talk about sheep going off the edge of a cliff and a hundred sheep following them one by one where they all fell off the cliff and they just piles. There's pictures of this. If you like Google and stuff, there's pictures of just piles of dead sheep where one sheep, there was one sheep that went off and the rest of them just went behind and followed them and they just all ran off the, the thing. And you just think in our world today that that makes sense. It's just like, hey, nobody stops the question. Is this a good idea or where is this going to lead? We just end up in trouble. Hundreds of them. So it's like this, sheep require a shepherd. And you say, well, that's great teaching. No, think about it in context of us now. Just not like, well, I know that if we were studying sheep. No, we require a shepherd. The, the thing is, it's not just a matter that it's a good thing in our lives. But when we go through life and we use God as a backup plan or we run to church on Sunday to get a little bit about life, it literally means that there should not be a step that you take that you are not relying on God as your shepherd. It, it, we, we're not to do one thing. If, if you are uh, trying really hard and you're constantly failing in life, it's because you weren't created to do it by yourself. There's not one step of it. There's not one aspect of it that you were created to be able to do it by yourself. That's why even the Bible says to pray without ceasing. And we studied this a while back. It's literally, and, and if we got in this mindset, it, it's, I, I can't, I, I, I don't want to deal with a problem at work. I don't want to deal with a problem at the BMV. I, I don't want to go home and lead my kids. It's a matter of relying on the shepherd for every aspect of this. And so let me give you a day in the life of a sheep. Every day that they would wake up, they would have to look to their shepherd. They would, the shepherd would literally tell them when to walk and when to stop. The shepherd would caution them for danger because they had no ability to see if there was danger. He would protect them. He would lead them to food. He would lead them to places of rest. He would make them stop and rest because they weren't intelligent enough to know when they would be overheated in things. Every single step of it was guided by the shepherd. But this is the way that God wants us to live as well. Um, so, uh, so let me break this down. David said this. He said in this passage, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And then what's the last four words? Okay, so you've got to understand that those are connected. And David was making a statement at the very beginning. The Lord is my Jehovah Roi, I shall not want. As long as David was following every step of what the shepherd was saying, he would be in a position of not being in need or not being in trouble. But it was a matter of the Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall not want. But it had to go in there. He meets our needs. When God was leading them in every step of the way, God was leading them to everything that they needed. In the moment that I sh a sheep would get off track, have any of you guys seen the video that's going on Facebook? I've seen it for a while, where the shepherd digs the sheep out of that hole. Has anybody seen that? Man, I should have brought, I should have played it. It's the funniest thing. And it's like the first like five minutes of it is this shepherd 
there's this trench that goes along and he's on his face pulling the sheep out, literally like, like giving everything that he got to pull them up and he sets them there and the sheep takes off, runs about 10 feet and ends up right inside the same hole, right in the same spot. And, and it's, it's the idea that you just, you just cannot do this by ourselves. But David was clearly saying what by this, he said, I shall not want. It's literally saying, I'm satisfied in life. Or David was saying, I have peace in life. Or I'm where I should be, or I'm happy, or I'm fulfilled. There's, there's a big difference between acknowledging the fact that God is a shepherd in life and actually living it out that God is the shepherd in your life. By shepherd, it means that you are totally submitted to God. And if, if you're not totally submitted to God, then, then God is not your Jehovah Roi. He's not. Because it doesn't mean I'm going to run off and do my own thing. It literally, at the beginning of the day, you stand there, my sheep hear my voice. And when he says, move out, we go. Day by day, step by step, every decision, every moment of my life, we rely on the Spirit of God. We listen to the voice of, the God, to, of God to lead us. When he takes a step forward, we follow. When he says stop, we stop. We're not good at that. We're not good at that. When he corrects me, I listen. You, th- you think about what he was saying. When he corrects me, I listen. Uh, when, when, when he makes me stop, I rest. Now, we're going to get into that in a minute. Let me tell you, jo- we, God is not our Jehovah Roi if we don't know how to listen to the voice of God to rest. Right. We are the most worn out generation in the world. And the more conveniences that we have to organize our life, the more stressed out we are. We don't know how to rest. It's, it's amazing how we just will, like, literally just exhaust it at the end of the day, exhaust it at the end of the week. David stayed close to God because his life depended on it, totally submitted on to God. So l- l- let me just break this down. So he, he leads us. Um, he leads us to rest. He, notice this. And I think if, if you got nothing out of Jehovah Roi but this, I think that it would be beneficial for all of us as Christians because I can tell you, I struggle with this. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, if I was to say one of the biggest, one of the biggest problems that we have in the church today and say I was going to expose it today, you'd be like, you know, think of all these sins or whatever. But it, one of the biggest things that we're probably all guilty of is, is the, the, the lack of ability that we have to listen to God when God tells us to rest. We just don't rest. And, and I know we all struggle with this. We, we're worn out. We can't function like we should. We live in a crazy, busy society. Um, I know for some of us, your, your jobs just drive you crazy. Some people in this room probably work two and three jobs. You have a schedule that never allows you to rest. We push and we push and we push ourselves. We, we can say, uh, I know I need to slow down and rest, but I just can't. Um, we, we, then we get to the point when it comes to our spiritual life to say, do you take time to read? It's like, man, I wish I had time to do that. Do you, do you take time to pray or to get alone like we've talked about in the past, to get into the closet and shut the door and pray to your father, which is in secret? You say, man, I, I have barely time to get out the door and feed the kids breakfast and get their homework done and things like that. We just, we just don't have that time to do that. People are, get so worn out that they look forward to Sunday to be able to sleep in. I've had people say, if I didn't sleep in on Sunday, I'd never get to sleep in. And that's just how life is. But we just get so tired, so worn out that this is what it leads us to. It leads us to being irritated. 
And we're just so strung out in life. We're human. We just get that to that point where we have the I don't care attitude. It's like, yeah, have you ever been there? You're just so tired at the end of the day or whatever. It's like the dishes are filled in the sink. You're just like, you know what? I don't even care. You know, just like, just like I'm just so tired. I just want to, I just want to fall asleep. We just, it just gets to us. David was thanking the shepherd, Jehovah Roi, for what he does in his life. And that's make him stop. Notice this, verse two, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. When we trust in the Lord and we follow the Lord, he brings us to places in our lives to make us slow down and rest. He makes us to do that because if he doesn't make us do it, we wouldn't do that. He brings us to places in our life to get the rest that we need. Um, I, I think sometimes, uh, though a, a number of people, like I think COVID was a terrible thing. Okay, so what I'm about to say, don't think that I'm some sort of weirdo, okay, when I say this. But I tell you, it was interesting how people would slow down and stay home from school and work as a family together in a way that they never could because they had to go into quarantine. And all of a sudden, they're having dinners together and they're resting together and they're able to, you know, do things together as a way that they normally couldn't. And I think when the Bible says, he maketh me to stop, he makes me, I, I, I can tell you seasons of my life where I'm just going and going and then I get sick or something like that. And I'm like so sick. Uh, I, I had a, anyways, I, I, I could give you illustrations of this, of going through these things. But you think about um, when God created everything, and I know this is a basic, basic thing, but I tell you, if, if, if we need to hear something, I think it's, it's, this is a big time thing that we need to hear. When God created everything, he created it in how many days? Seven days. I got two numbers. Six. So why did we debate on that? He rested on the seventh day. Because if you create everything, you're pretty tired, right? Wow. Now, thank, help me out with this, guys. You guys help me out with this. Was, was God worn out on the seventh day? No. no. I could give you passages that tell you God doesn't get worn out. It's nothing for him. He spoke the words, okay? He wasn't. The only thing God physically did with his hands in creation was what? Was man. That was it. I mean, but everything, he spoke it into existence. So why did he take seventh day to rest? It was an example for us. It was an example of rest. God, God gave us that. I remember going back to that Thailand illustration, Don. Um, I was, when we were gear, gearing up towards it, I almost was going to cancel the trip that we were doing a number of years ago to Thailand because I was looking at my calendar. I was looking at what I had to do before I went and when I got back and everything. And I was thinking, I simply, listen, I simply don't have the time to do this mission trip. Now, I know that sounds extremely carnal. <laughs> it's like, what kind of pastor doesn't have time for a mission trip? I know, sounds terrible. But I was literally thinking, if this doesn't go through and we can't get the tickets and I don't have enough people, I'm glad we're going to cancel it because I don't have time to do it. And here's the thing. I ended up doing the trip anyways. We, we, we planned the trip. It went well. Can anybody guess round trip how long we were on the flight? I added it up. Just that trip alone, we were, we were on the flight like way over 50 hours that we were on the flight. And that's because we did the Philippines and Thailand in one mission trip. So it was, it was uh, all these connecting flights and we went from spot to spot to spot to spot. So the round trip, we were... So can I tell you guys, when you're on a flight and you're sitting there, there and back for 50 hours, do you know what God does through that time? is make you sit. You just sit and you process and you think 
You pull out your Bible and you can read. You don't have to worry about uh, something happening or you don't have to worry about where you have to be because all you have to do is sit. And then we get there. And guess what happened with my cell phone reception? There was no such thing. <laughs> there was no, so my phone was not ringing the whole time. You could put that thing away. And I realized the one thing that I was thinking that I was too busy to do was exactly what God was doing in my life to cause me to rest. I remember we would go into when they would be singing in the morning for their devotions and things like that. And all these kids would gather into this school and they would sit on their knees and they would just sing. And I showed these video clips for the church in the past. And these kids would just sing from, from, their, from their heart. And I mean, just lifting up their hands and just complete. And it was early in the morning. A lot of those kids didn't even have breakfast. They were sitting on concrete floor. There was no air condition. They rode there on a motorcycle that had like a cage in the back where they all hold on to the edge of it. And yet they're just praising God. And I can tell you for me, being able to sit in that room, I would just sit there and just literally cry. Just being in the presence of these kids that were just praising God. And I realized all of that was God doing one thing for me. He was restoring my soul. He was, he was just making me to rest. And I think it's not just physical, it's, it's emotionally, it's mental, that God slows us down. Uh, keep reading. He says, He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Not only does He provide the rest that we need, but the nourishment that we need. On a daily basis, the shepherd would stop the sheep and lead them to still waters. Does anybody know why it had to be still waters? Has anybody ever questioned that, why it had to be still waters? They, their, their wool would soak up the water if they got close to it and they would drink the wool from them being, you know, so like that would, would just soak up and would like pull them into the water. And so, and again, they weren't smart enough to, you know, deal with that. And so the shepherd would bring them exactly to the still waters. It's neat when we follow God that God leads us to even moments like this right now to where we just stop drop off the kids, you know, come into a room, sit with our Bibles, and just what, what it is, is God just restores our soul. God speaks to our minds. God speaks to our hearts. And you know, the crazy thing is we'll have the mindset that I am, I'm too tired to go to church. And really what we need in that instance is we need the still waters to sit down and listen and feed ourselves and, and be nourished in that way. Um, and it says in that passage, he restoreth my soul. Do you know what the word restore means? It means to bring back to a place of function. You know, and that's what God does. He restores our soul. He brings it back. He, keep, he gives us the strength to keep going. And for those that like saying, I just can't do this anymore. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I just can't take it one bit. A lot of times it's because we're not listening to the shepherd. He's not Jehovah Roi. He, and that's what I'm saying. Because all of us would say, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen, brother. He's my shepherd. I love him. I listen to him, whatever. But we, we don't. This is all the things that he does. Remember at the beginning, of, we were saying the very definition of the Lord is my shepherd. He, he is my leader, my protector. I submit to his authority. All these things, all these things are what, what the Bible is describing. Uh, the Bible even says this, and just so we understand this. In John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they do what? You guys tell me. They do what? They follow me. The one thing that you have to understand is God doesn't drive the sheep. He leads the sheep. He, he doesn't, it's not like herding cattle where you get out there with the cowboys and they're, you know, they have the whip and everything and they're driving them. 
It's the complete opposite. He gets out there and he speaks and the sheep have to listen and they respond and they follow him. That's quite the difference. God won't force you. God leads you. That's what God does. He gives us the voice of God through the preaching and the teaching and the worship and all these things. But when he leads us, he leads us to do what is right. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Let me go back to my opening illustration. I was, if you guys, some of you guys that missed it, I was talking about when we went to Tokyo uh, like, like five, six years ago and we landed and I brought our whole team to the wrong gate and we were on the opposite side of the airport. We were completely missing our flight and they had to come over the intercom. They had to put us on a bus and drive us out to the flight. It was a mess and it was all my fault because I thought that I, without even double checking, I thought that I knew what I was doing. And, and just describing, when we do things that are right in our own eyes, a lot of times we end up, we, we need people to guide us. We need God to guide us. But the Bible says, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. What does that tell you guys? When, when the Bible says, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. Well, tell, tell me, it, it doesn't mean I'm doing wrong or I feel like I'm doing wrong, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just ignore it. He says in our own human reasoning, we, we feel like we're doing the right things a lot of times. You, you know what I'm saying? There's a way that seemeth right to a man. It's like you're making this decision, like, is this the right thing? And you tell your wife, like, I don't know. I kind of feel good about it. I don't know. And, and you're really not praying about it. I, I, I've told this story many times in the past. I remember me and Jenny, when we were first married, I didn't understand the concept really about praying over everything that I was doing in life. It, it just kind of spontaneous, if it made sense to it. Well, we were in a car accident. We lost our car, so we needed another car. And I remember finding this car in the paper. We went and literally, we just fell in love with it and bought it on the spot. When I got home, I found it in the paper for $500 cheaper, the same car at the same dealership. I even called the dealership and said, hey, do you still have this car? And they said, no, a young couple just came in and bought it. I was the young couple. They ripped us off, literally ripped us off. Never had it checked out, never looked at it, nothing like that. 29 days, 30 days after we bought it, the transmission went out. We had to put $2,500 into that car. You know, you know, back then I didn't realize it. My dad was like, well, son, did you have somebody look it, look it over? I said, dad, it's just a great car. I bought it, man. It's like, no, I didn't, I didn't do the right thing. And, and, and I think a lot of decisions that we make in life, it's like, man, the devil's really working. No, sometimes we're just dumb sheep, Okay. We're just dumb sheep. We, we don't have to worry about the devil getting to us. We, we're, we, do, we just do our own thing. And every man does that which is right in our own eyes. And the Bible says, but the end there are the ways of death. It, we just end up in trouble. So we, we make a lot of bad decisions with debt or bad relationships or getting out of church or addictions and things like that. And the Bible says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When we're listening to Jehovah Roi, to the Lord is my shepherd, and we're daily, not, not Sunday, well, I got a spurt of energy from what the pastor talked about or whatever, but it's a matter of every single step that I'm listening to God's voice of what we're doing. I'm praying about everything because I don't want to make one mistake. Praying about everything. The Bible says Jehovah Roi leads me to the right thing every single time. He leads you down the path that is right. It is a path of righteousness. Um, his, and, and you say, what does that look like? I know we're studying Old Testament names of God, uh, but it also, it's, it's in reference uh, to the fact that God works through the Holy Spirit for us today. 
It, he, he just works in ways that you, you can't even imagine. He works in ways that uh, is behind the scenes. He, he, it's not a matter of doing whatever is popular. It matters that, that God leads us to do what is right. But it, it's not only a path of righteousness that God leads us on, but it is a path of peace. Dark times come into all of our lives. And it doesn't mean that you're doing the wrong thing. It just means that it's part of life. People get sick. Finances get tight. Cars break down. The economy gets messed up. And, and, and it's when you're following God, you can think, okay, at least I know that I'm doing the right thing because I've, I'm following after the voice of God. I know this. It continues, and this just goes connection, and we'll, we'll be done here in a minute. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley to the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Yes, going through places like this are not comfortable. They're actually terrifying. I mean, I... I I kind of knew this before, but I mean, over the last few months, I've really known this. When you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, when you're dealing things that are literally completely out of your hands and all you're just like taking every step, not knowing what's going to happen. And I was uh, talking to uh, Chris and, and some of the guys today that were just, you know, where we're at with, with Logan and he gets scans on the 26th. So we're like 10 days away from that. And um, this, the intensity of where we're at with his treatment is this. Um, he, if this chemo does not work, we have to go down the route of admitting him in the hospital to put him on a deeper chemo that the doctor said either the cancer at that point could kill him or the chemo that we put him on could kill him. But that's, that's happening in 10 days. That's, that's happening in 10 days. That's, that's our next step. And the doctor said, I'm trying to hold off as long as possible because his bone marrow has been through so much with the other chemos that said, I don't want to put them on that chemo. And then here's the other thing. Logan has to make the decision that he wants to do that because they said in, in, the, in the terms of the doctor said, we will strip him of his bone marrow by doing this. They said it's the, the last kind of stretch. Now, God could come in and do a million different things before then, but it's, when, when I read, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, those words take a whole new meaning. When, when you can't see, when you literally can't see, and there was times that the shepherd would guide the sheep from one spot to the next, and they would go through these spots that literally the sheep had to completely 100% rely on the voice of the shepherd because they couldn't see for themselves what they were doing. And, and, and so this is, this is uh, a description that is real to us. And maybe you're not there yet, or you've never been there before, but I can tell you, you're going to need to know that you're going to go through dark times of your life. And it says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Has anybody ever did a study? And I know if you've been in church any length of time, Psalm 23 is not one of those things that you've never studied before. But in the reference of the names of God, the shepherd would take the, the rod and just tap them to let them know that they were on track. Or if they were getting off track, he would just reach in the darkness and he would just walk around and he would just tap them to get them back on track. And, and for us, that, that is conviction. That is, that's when I'm getting off track a little bit and, and God just kind of pulls us back through preaching or a friend or something that we hear, whatever. And it, and it, just, it just pulls us back on track. It's comforting to know that I'm going through this, but I'm not going through this alone. And, and even though you can't see it, there's going to be time. And thank God the Bible doesn't say that the entire time of 
following Jehovah Roi is in the dark. It's not. There's just segments of it like that. And during times like this, it's scary. Guys, can I tell you that faith does not go without fear sometimes? And I think sometimes it's like, well, if you have faith, you don't have fear. No, no, I think it's choosing faith over fear, but that doesn't eliminate the fear. It, there, there's a struggle that goes on with that. But every step is a step of faith to trust in God. The presence of God will help because it casts out the fear because he, you know that in the dark times, he makes his presence known to you. He does. You know why? Because he's Jehovah Roi. Here, and let me close out with these two. He takes care of you. Now, this is cool because this almost is like different because it's not so much shepherdy and, and, and like sheep-like with the rest of this. He said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. So now he's pulling it back into more of the language that we would use. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. This is neat because there's a lot of different thinkings about this, but it all comes down to the same principle. Although that I'm in the middle of distress in my life and surrounded by the enemy, God does this thing where he gives me a place of fellowship. He prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies, a place of safety, a place of rest, a place of restoration, a, a place of refueling. The Bible doesn't say that he gives me food to keep going, but he says you prepare a table. It's almost a description of like a feast of God saying, I'm going to stand over you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to guard you while you're able to sit down into fellowship with God. He sits with you. the, The word anointing comes with the idea of blessing. The anointing comes with the idea of restoration, restoring. It comes with healing. God does all that. And you know what I love about this? is it comes in a time of unexpected. Because if I was to tell you in the presence of my enemies, what do we think of in the, if, I, if you're in the presence of your enemies, what do you think about? What, what's the description that comes to mind? Battle, war, fighting, like anxiety like this. And, and instead, God turns around and he sets us down in such a way that you would not expect it. And then he finishes and he says, Thou knowest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. It's, it's the, the, the more unexpected blessings or the, God gives more than what you deserve. I'm glad this happens after, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death because it's a matter of it's not over. And, and, I, and I can tell you guys, I mean, I'm, with, with our journey, I'm feeling it. I, I don't know any other ways to say it. It's just I'm just feeling it. I just... I, I hate my phone popping up with scans or in 10 days. I'm, you know, just all the different things. It's just like this. And this is, you know why I study the names of God? You know why I'm so glad that we did this? Because guys, I pray through these names of God's every day. I, I pray through the names of God. Now, I'm not saying everyone. I'm, I'm saying in my distress in those times of this, and, and, I, and I look to these things, I lean on these things. It's like God... I, my cup doesn't feel like it's running over right now. Actually, I feel very dry. You know what I'm saying? It's the opposite of that. It's just, I'm just exhausted. But God does the unexpected. You, you prepare a table before me in the presence of men. You anointest my head with oil. My, my cup runneth over. It's almost like the benefit or the blessing. Can I just make an obvious statement, guys, that maybe, it's, maybe you guys got this, but I didn't? The only way that verse 5 happens is if verse 1 happens. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. It's, it's, you understand that just saying the Lord is my shepherd and having that psalm, you know, and a picture in your house doesn't mean that you experience verse 5. And I think sometimes we're like, I'm worn out and I don't have this wedding. You know, I, I don't feel like God's with me and God's not restoring me because the Lord being your shepherd literally means that you literally, when you get out of bed, you're like, God, I'm not going to take a step and I'm not going to go to school and I'm not going to deal with work and I'm not going to deal with my kids and I'm not going to deal with anything until God leads me to, to the next place. And then it just ends with the idea that he never leaves you. We might leave him because the Bible says uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. Okay, anytime it talks about the sheep getting in trouble, it's, it, it's reference to the sheep getting off track. But surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It is the goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life because of the fact is that I'm following the shepherd. There's blessings. There's protection. There's all these things that happen with this. This is Jehovah Roi, the Lord who leads me, the Lord who is my shepherd. 